thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. What certainties do we have before us today? What certainties are there? There you go, I knew somebody would say it. I was waiting for Francis, but Faye got in there first. Must have been something to do with the letter F. Death and taxes. The, certi- the only certainties in life apparently are death and taxes. I don't mean taxes like Ubers for those younger people amongst us who don't pay tax. Um, But it's been an unusual period of time, isn't it, recently? Day after day of hot, sunny, sweaty weather. Who's been glad of a bit of rain this morning? But if this rain carries on a bit longer, guess what we'll be doing? We'll be moaning. Because that's what we do. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too wet. Oh, it's too dry. Oh, it's too cold. Oh, moan, 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 moan. I don't know. But each day we are expected to wake up to a downpour which would be normal. But actually, it's been beautiful, hasn't it? And we can see the beauty around us. And each day has turned into a battle, maybe, for you to find rest from the heat. It's okay when you're on holiday, isn't it? When actually, if any walk is usually from the room to your sun lounger, or the pool is there, and you can have a cold drink, and everything's on hand, but it's not great when you're having to work or exercise or sit in it, is it? No? Well, it might be. But, you know, I've not been able to run for about three weeks because it's just too hot, even at 10 o'clock at night. Do you know, I've been swimming. It's still still boring, Francis, I'm sorry. But anyway. (laughs) But actually, the only certainty that the Bible promises is that we can have Jesus in our life and he'll be with us in the battle. Because actually, Jesus said, pick up my cross every day. That's a promise. That's a certainty that he wants us to have a life that is full, that with him we can have victory, but that each day will be a challenge. And actually, that's what everybody faces, not just those in church. Each day will be a challenge, and we are in a battle. And today, we need to hear that even though we're in a battle, it's God's battle. And he stands up for us. He fights for us. He stands with us and he's in us. And today we're going to look at a book, God, in a passage from the book of Chronicles. Okay? So if you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. I'm hopefully using the New Living Translation today because it just it reads a bit better. And um, we're going to look at two Chronicles, mainly chapter 20. Uh, but before we do that, I'm just going to look at a, a 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 3 to 4. Now, Paul and Ruth, Ruth, how long is it now till you have this baby? About three weeks. Ooh, exciting. So we keep trying to guess the name of Paul and Ruth's baby, okay? They come to our house for lunch or for tea, and every so often we'll just go, Isaiah. <laughs> and uh, Paul will be like, not, I'm not going to say yes or no, because I'll just get sucked into giving you the answer. But maybe there's some of them in here today, so it involves the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat. <laughs> no? Jehoshaphat Annabelle, anyone? Maybe? Okay. 
2 Chronicles 17 tells us the, the bit about Jehoshaphat. In, in, the, in, in the kings of Judah and Israel, often it says they did evil against the sight of the Lord. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it's a regular pattern. And there's some good kings. And Jehoshaphat, it says this about him. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship the images of Baal. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commands instead of following the evil practices of the kingdom of Israel. Israel had fallen well away from God. And Jehoshaphat was a good king. He was a godly king and he worshipped the God of his father. And God was with him. But that doesn't mean it's plain sailing. So we're going to look at a period of Jehoshaphat's life where things were difficult. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 4 says this. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meonites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and said to Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. I wish they'd called it that anyway, because Hazazon Tamar is difficult. Jehoshaphat was terrified. By this news. We'll just stop at that word, shall we? This godly king who followed God, who did what was right, was terrified. Why was he terrified? He was terrified at this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat was terrified. He was coming up against a not just one army, but several armies who had the capability to destroy Judah. So he was right to be scared. And this morning, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to stop saying this morning because I'm now starting getting aware of it. But anyway, today, um, Jehoshaphat was terrified. What terrifies you? Sorry? People we love dying. Okay. We've gone very serious straight away. It's all right. That's fine. Spiders. Spiders. Yeah, okay. Terrified. I I find, we did a session session with somebody recently, and and they asked me what scares me. We went from different levels. And I couldn't think of anything that really terrifies me. I'm not terrified of flying. I'm terrified of the plane falling out of the sky. Okay. <laughs> Flying's fine it's, if it stays there. I think I'm more scared when I see people I love and care about in danger. I think that scares me. And when I see it continuing to go on, I think that's what really scares me when I put my finger on it. For us, it's snakes, but anyway. But to Jehoshaphat, his fear was old enemies rearing their heads. Anyone got a situation where those old things have started rearing their heads again? Anyone? Yeah? Old troubles, old problems, old, old issues, raising and rearing their head. These issues had already been dealt with. Jehoshaphat's enemies had already been booted out of God's kingdom. They'd already been defeated once, and yet they come again. They come again. And actually, this time, there's more of them. They're banding together. But what was his response to the terror? His response was to pray. But it wasn't just to say, God, help. It wasn't just a quick cry going, God, I'm in trouble. Come on, sort it out. 
Jehoshaphat got serious. It wasn't just a little help me God prayer. It was to gather as many as he could together. It was to gather all the people and say, come on, we have got to fight this together. We have got to fight it on our knees. We have got to pray. We've got to fast. We've got to focus. We've got to really seek the presence of God, even in the midst of fear and difficulty. That was Jehoshaphat's response. Not just a, oh, I think I'll just go away. I'll just go and hide. Or, and actually, those are very, very okay responses humanly. But Jehoshaphat knew whose he was, and he knew who God was. And he knew what God was capable of. He begged the Lord for guidance. Does that imply he just went, help? No, he was begging. When you're begging, you're on your knees pleading. Over and over and over again. All the people came. All of them wanted God's help. Do you know, the Bible has a verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. What is God? Who is God? God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. So when we're in a situation like Jehoshaphat and we're feeling scared, where we're feeling worn down, we're feeling like there's no way out, perfect love casts out fear. God's presence. I think in the Freedom in Christ course, it talks about the fact that you don't have to shoo the darkness out of a room. You just switch the light on and the darkness goes. And actually, Jesus is the light of the world and he says, we are. There is no shame in being afraid because Jehoshaphat was afraid. There is no shame in being scared. There is nothing to think I'm a weak person or I can't admit that I'm scared because actually then people will just think I'm weak. Do you know... What is important in those moments of difficulty, of fear and weakness, is to have support and to be able to call on people who you know have stood with you, bef- with you before and will stand with you again. This week, especially, I believe we saw the church being the body of Christ in a very real way. When Carol uh, was, was sadly passed in the hospital, Several things we can look to and say we're thankful for. That she wasn't on her own at home, we can be thankful for it. That Shireen was on duty, we can be thankful for that. That Steph had four people that she phoned, three of whom could go to the hospital with her to support her. That Steph had one person who could stay with her and and be with her in that time. That a house group, a connect group, then rallied around to create a meal plan so that for the next two weeks, Steph doesn't need to worry about cooking meals for her and the family. That's the body of Christ. And it was several people doing it, and it came through connection. Is Steph scared? Yes, she is. But in that moment, she sought God's people, and she sought God. What a privilege that is. She didn't just keep quiet. She reached out. She was scared. She was worried in those difficult situations. Do you know, the other thing that's encouraged me this week is in the prayer WhatsApp group that the prayer team are part of and other people are part of, people are pinging their prayer requests because they're struggling. They're being honest. They're being vulnerable because, do you know what? This life is not perfect and it never will be until God takes us out of it. In other circumstances this week, people have been available to journey into dark places, to stand together, to help and support, to plan for future help and stand in the gap. In the midst of terror, what did Jehoshaphat do? He sought God, he sought people, and he prayed, and he fasted, and he focused. 
Is that our response to fear? It should be. Even when things seem tough, let's not shy away from saying, I need, I need prayer, I need help. There are people in this room who would love nothing more than to stand with you. But Jehoshaphat called all, and they all came. They all came. We now see how Jehoshaphat prayed. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 to 9 says this. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and this is what he prayed. O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. He doesn't start with, God help me, this is what I need. He says, God, this is who you are. God, I affirm who you are. But then he goes on. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. He reminds himself and he reminds God of the promises that are already made. He's not even got to what he needs yet. He's just saying, God, I need you. I seek you. I'm serious about this. I know who you are. I know what you've done. And I know what you will do. And I know what you've promised me. His prayer has those sections to it. Adoration and acknowledgement of God. He's the ruler. He's powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Then there's the promises. You gave us this. You said it was ours. When faced with terror and trial, we can come to you. We can cry out. And God, you will hear us. Do we believe that? Well, let's really pray like we believe it. Let's really say, God, we know this battle is yours. We say quite a lot at the moment in the weeks that we are in a battle That means we've got to fight. We can't be passive. We can't just think, oh, well, it'll just happen anyway. No. We need to fight on our knees. And we need to seek God seriously. We cannot play at being Christians anymore. We cannot play the game of just, oh, it'll be nice on a Sunday to sing some songs. It'll be nice to hear a nice word that will make me laugh a little bit and make me think, and then I'll go back to my dinner. It's got to be serious. And we, we often say to, to our kids or to foster kids or to people we work with, we can point them in a direction, but we can't take them there. It's the same today with you. I can point you that there's a prayer meeting tonight, and you might think, oh, it's hard, I've got family. I can point you to the fact that there's prayer times going on, and you might say, well, I work one till two when Gaz and Russ are praying and other others. Well, you could say, actually, do you know what? I can't do it then, but I'm going to get a group of people together, and we're going to do it here. And we're going to do it then. Wouldn't it be amazing if Springmount Church was known as a load of prayer groups happening all over the place? Wouldn't it be amazing? Because that's how we fight the battle. This is how we fight the battle, Ian. That's how we fight our battles. <laughs> Sorry, Ian loves that song. I should stop with the private jokes. It's no good. Do you know, nothing makes me feel as bad as missing an important phone call. Yeah? Anyone? I, I, I hate missing an important phone call. And what I try to do, if I'm ever in a meeting with somebody, I'll have my phone visible because if it's family, I don't want to miss it. I don't want a situation where somebody that's really important to me needs me and actually I'm spent time with another situation. So if you are ever in a meeting, I'm not being rude. I just want to make sure that things are okay. But you know what? I can't be everywhere. 
I can't be everything to my children. I can't fix every situation and I can't always be available. But I have a God who is and does and can and will. So how often am I making myself available to him? How often am I making sure my line of contact to God is open? How often am I really, really putting that into practice? 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 13 to 17 goes on to say this. After Jehoshaphat's prayer, it says, As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, they included their whole family in this. It wasn't just all the, the adults are going to pray, it was family. Family seeking God, family putting God first, everybody putting that together. As they stood there with their little ones, wives and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel. Jehaziel? No? Okay. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah. Son of Beniah. I think it's that one. He's hiding his eyes. Son of Jael. I don't even know how you say that one. Son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. Any of them? No? Okay. He was a Levite. In other words, he was one of the priests. This man who was stood amongst the people as they prayed together, as they were together in worship, as they prayed, this descendant of the Levites suddenly says this. God inspires him and he says, listen. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do you know that's the most common thing Jesus said to his disciples? Do not be afraid. Easy to say, but when our confidence is in God... Often you might look at stories of martyrs and people who've given up their lives because of their faith and you might go, oh, I couldn't do that. I believe God won't put you in that situation if you can't do that. But actually those people have got such a focus and such a vision of God that they say, I'm just, God is God and I have no fear. I trust in him. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Don't be discouraged by the stuff that's coming against you. Don't be discouraged by the things that are rising up, even if it's the old enemies coming at you again, even if it's those things you thought you dealt with. Do not be discouraged, for the battle is not yours, but God's. There's the but God. The battle is not ours, but God's. We'll come back to that in a minute. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent at Ziz, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. You will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord is with you. Is God with you? So do not be discouraged and do not be afraid. For the Lord is with you. Doesn't mean we can't sometimes be scared or fearful or sad. Jehoshaphat was still scared. He was still had the worries, but the word was, don't be. You know, the battle is not yours, but God's. I wasn't one for fighting in school, okay? I know, I look like a real tough guy, I know. I wouldn't fight at school because I would get into a bigger fight at home, okay? 
anyone who knows my mum, oh, it's just not worth it. You know, you think you have a bad time listening to me and Ross. Oh, Warren, you do nothing, I tell you. But the last thing I wanted was trouble off my mum and dad, so I kept my head down. But it made me an easy target for one boy called Dougie who bullied me. I've mentioned him before. He called me fat, he called me ugly, he said I was useless at music, he said, you know, he stopped me from getting my dinners at school, he stopped me from being fed, I don't know, you can tell, can't you? I've made up for it since. But one day, what would now be year 11, I'd had enough, I'd had enough, and he was just going at me. We were waiting in the classroom for registration, there was a few of us milling around, and he just kept going at me, kept going at me. So I got my hand and I went, jush. And just as I went, jush, the teacher walked through the door. <laughs> so the timing wasn't great. Just as I connected with his face, Mr. Edwards walked in. Boy, oh boy, could I have timed it any worse. But thankfully, it all came out what was happening. And it didn't really stop, but I knew that in the battle, it wasn't mine to fight anyway. I shouldn't have taken it into my own hands. I should have gone to the teacher and said, look, can I talk to you? And from that day onwards, that's what I did. I had people I could speak to. I had people who were supportive, even though sometimes it was still a worry. Sometimes it was still a, a pain. I took it into my hands in my strength and my rubbish fighting skills when I should have put it in somebody else's hands. That is what God says to us today. Stand. Speak. Pray. March against, face, but put it in my hands because the battle's not yours, it's his. One of the, the biggest problems that we have as people is we pick the wrong battles. So we might say, right, the battle's God's, come on, God. But if you're marching towards the wrong thing, you're going to be fighting the wrong thing. Let me give you an example. What's the biggest commandment that God gave us? To love him and to love others. That's the main commands that God gave us, to love him first and to love others. So Jesus said, all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So that message is consistent through the Bible. Do you know the enemy seeks to divide, to steal, to kill, to ruin. So if we're involved in being against God and his church in some way then we need to make sure we're not fighting the wrong battle. Our battles shouldn't be against each other in this place. Our battles shouldn't be against other fellow Christians and, and shouldn't be against the world. Our battles should be against the enemy and the evil one, principalities and powers. Our battle should be to face down the things that God says, I'll give you victory. I'll give you victory. Do you know, the thing that's interesting as I read about this battle that Jehoshaphat had to fight they still had to march out. They couldn't just stay at home and say, God's got it. They couldn't just sit there and go, I don't need to go out now in the morning and face those armies because God's just going to deal with it. They were still called to march out. They were still to go out tomorrow and face the enemy. They were still to stand and face their fear. However, they faced it not on their own, they faced it to see what God was going to do. They knew as they marched out that the terror they faced was gathering to wipe them out. How scary is that? I don't know what you're afraid of today. I don't know what your worries are. I don't know what you're discouraged by. I don't know what difficulties you're in. 
But this tell story, this but God here is, but God heard their prayers. But God fought their battles. But God spoke into their situation. How does he do that? He does that when we gather to pray. That's what happened in this situation. They gathered to pray and God spoke to them, gave them promise. So how did God fight the battle that lay ahead? And this is the last point we make. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 21 to 22 says this. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. He chose singers. He chose worshippers to go first. He chose praise to be the first point, the joy chasers, the praising people. Joe, last Saturday morning, I went paintballing, and I sadly happened to be on the opposite team to Peter Docker. And as soon as I saw that different coloured armband going on, I thought, oh, no. Here we go. And actually, you know, I'd invested in the gloves and the, the smoke bombs and the, the, the flashbangs. I had enough paintballs, I thought, to take him out. But do you know what I spent most of my time doing? Hiding, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. I spent most of my time hiding behind things. And actually, I was all right with that. I was okay. Occasionally just going, boop. I didn't really care if I hit anything. If I hit a tree, I was quite happy because I saw the thing go. But then we actually played a game where it was called Capture the Flag. And it was just our group. And Peter's group were in the castle. We had to get to the flag and raise the flag up, okay? And it meant you had to occasionally go out into no man's land. Now, for most of this game, I was hiding behind a thing the way I couldn't be hit. I was quite happy. It was okay. Then Joel threw me a riot shield, okay? And I thought, okay, I can hide behind this riot shield and I can advance my way behind this riot shield. However, if you've ever tried walking with a riot shield, I don't suppose many of you have. It's a big perspex piece of plastic with a handle, they happened to fire and it hit my ankle and it kept hitting my ankle and I was stood there hiding behind this riot shield. They'd hit me and they're like, you've already been hit, drop the shield. I'm like, I ain't dropping the shield. I would rather stay there for the rest of the game hiding behind this shield than drop that shield because I knew as soon as I dropped that shield, I have covered with, I've got a few bruises, I've got a few midge bites. But can you imagine if in that paintball battle, we went, right team, here's our strategy. Five of you, you're going to go up, walking towards the castle, singing praise to Jesus. Some of the guys there were like, no, that wouldn't happen. Can you imagine? You'd make yourself a sitting duck. You'd make yourself really obvious to the enemy because you're going, I will enter his gates with the, as they're pinging bullets at you. But that is what God asks them to do. He said, you know, the first thing that you need to take in battle is praise. The first thing you need to do is choose those that are going to chase joy. Choose those that are going to choose praise. And actually, the enemy can be forgotten about because you're lifting my name. Because you're lifting my name above it all. You're choosing to lift God above the whole situation. Yes, the scary. Yes, the terrifying. But the battle's mine. And this is what I want you to do. Praise. And what do they say? Give thanks to the Lord. 
I'm singing the song now. Hold on. Let me find the verses. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks. That's what they would have done. Marched forwards facing their enemy. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Proclaiming who God was. Affirming who God is. Was the situation good? No. Some people might say, well, it's really easy to say that, Johnny. It's easy for you to praise God. It's only paintball. It's only a few bruises. But we're in a battle every day. And what's God's strategy? Give thanks to the Lord. Remember him. Lift him above the situation. Shout his praise. Shout his name. God chose the singers. And the enemy couldn't handle it. The enemy couldn't handle it. Because they started to turn on one another. Because once they realized that God was to be glorified, they couldn't cope. Does that not speak into our lives? Doesn't mean we say it with a big cheesy grin on our face. But 2 Chronicles 20, to 20 29 to 30, the last verses we're going to read say this. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. Not the terrifying nature of the enemy, the fear of God and what God is able to do. What God is able to do is so much more. The fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Jehoshaphat was terrified of those that came against him. He was terrified of the circumstances he faced. But God brought peace. But God brought rest. How? Through prayer and fasting. Through seeking his presence. Through gathering and uniting together. Through praise and declaration. Can you imagine that God appointed the singers and then they started going, oh, I don't want to sing that one. I don't like that one. Or, oh, can we not sing this one? No. He just says, praise. Choose to praise. Can we imagine asking everyone to come and seek God and some not bothering or making excuses not to bother? Can we imagine not wanting to see God's victory because his promise is that it's his battle? I believe we're now, in, as individuals and as a church, we are in battle. If you're a Christian this morning, you have a target on you. But you know what? God is bigger and greater than anything that's coming against you. God is bigger and greater than anything that can stand against you. Just make sure that your battle isn't with one another. And come together in unity. But put on the armour. Come together, ask and support, cry out and seek, fast and pray, and praise and thanks and acknowledge him. But God will fight for you, with you, and because of you, against the one who steals, kills, and destroys. Because the battle and the victory is already won through Jesus. The lines we sang in that song tell you that. He's the one who never leaves the one behind. Doubts and fear are part and parcel of life. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in doubts. There's no shame in fear. There's no shame in being worried. But it's what we do with those worries, doubts, and fears that matters. It's where we take them. It's who we share them with. Jehoshaphat admitted them and asked for heavenly and earthly help. I'm going to do something that is a little bit different to what we would normally do. We have our prayer team and... There'll be opportunity for you to go for individual prayer. 
But as I was reading this passage, I was really struck by the, the corporate nature of Jehoshaphat's prayer. Now, we're, we don't do liturgy, really. We're not a very liturgical church, but I think sometimes there's value in praying and declaring together. So I'm going to invite you, and you don't have to, but if you really feel at the moment, if you recognise and you want to say, God, I'm in a battle, you don't have to say what it is. I want you to stand. I want you to stand where you are. Okay, don't have to stand, it's all right. Can you see how many people currently are stood because they feel in a battle? Those ones that are sat, I want you to stand with them. <laughs> so all stand. Because we're going to pray a prayer together. We're going to pray over our church, over each other. And it's an adaptation of Jehoshaphat's prayer, but it's for us as Springmount. So there's some pictures, Tabby. So there's the words of our prayer. And we're going to pray it together. And we're going to mean it and we're going to declare it. And we're going to say, God, this isn't just me repeating some words because Johnny's asked me to. This is genuinely. Some, some people say, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I've just used a prayer from the Bible that I think we can use today as church. It's that simple. If you don't want to pray, go to his word. Find a psalm that, that you can pray. Just use, give thanks to the Lord. He is good, his love endures forever. That's what they sang. But we're going to pray this together. And we're going to pray it not ashamedly, not quietly, and not in a shy way. We are going to declare this over our church, over those individuals in our church who feel they're fighting a battle. And we are going to just say, God, the battle is yours. God loves all of us in this room. He loves everyone outside these doors. And he doesn't want us to be in, in those those difficult battles that we face time and time again. Some of them are of our own making. But actually we can say, God, I put it in your hands. The battle is yours. So let's declare this together. If you're in that battle, you declare it over yourself. If you're not feeling that battle, declare it over the people around you. But let's declare this loudly. So today and tomorrow, we can march out against the enemy. Come on. But we will not even need to fight but take up our positions in prayer. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory because he is with us. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out today and tomorrow dressed in his armour for the Lord is with us. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Go from the beginning. Lord, God of all creation, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not provide for us many times over the years of our life? And did you not give this place where we stand to be family, share sanctuary and freedom? Your people worship here and develop this building to honour your name. Whenever we are faced with any calamity in life, we can come to stand in your presence anywhere and before this church where your name is honoured. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. 
Oh, our God, we feel powerless against the current circumstances in life. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. You tell us, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by the situations that swirl around, for the battle is not ours, but God's. Today and tomorrow, we can march out against the enemy, but we will not even need to fight. But take up our positions in prayer, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with us. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out today and tomorrow dressed in his armour, for the Lord is with us. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Amen. Amen. And we're going to finish by praising, by praising. But our prayer team are going to be at the back. If you stood and you recognise you're in a battle, don't waste the time thinking, shall I go now, shall I go now? Just go. The prayer team are there now. Go and pray with them. Pray, pray for them. But we're going to praise as we finish this morning. And we're going to say, God, you are good and you love and your love endures forever. If anyone wants a copy of those words to pray and to bring them, just ask. We can put it on the website, we can put it on the Facebook page. But you know what? Use your own words to say, God, I, I am fighting this, but you, it's yours. Let's praise God now. Let's finish our time. But if you want prayer this morning, go. Go and wait in queues of, of prayers to be prayed with. Thanks, Nick.